Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The DNVR Rockies podcast is incredibly excited to be brought to you by AEG presenting Burt Kreischer live at Red Rocks Amphitheater Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. Joined by Mark Normand, and it is time to get your tickets. This guy's absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen him before, you can check out the two big specials, The Machine on Showtime and Comfortably Numb on Comedy Central. In order to get your tickets for this show, all you need to do is download the Red Rocks app before you visit, which you should already have done, to be honest. You're going to the Denver Film Festival throughout the summer. Great app, easy to purchase your tickets for your favorite show or concert. If you haven't heard of this guy before, check him out. Easy to YouTube. Burt Kreischer, absolutely hilarious. If you're into some stand-up comedy, you will not be disappointed. One of the best storytellers of his generation. Really, really big fan of this guy. So download the Red Rocks app today. Grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer with Mark Norman live on September 8th at the best venue in the world. It's Burt Kreischer and Mark Norman at Red Rocks on September 8th. All ages welcome Get that Red Rocks app and check for your tickets today. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNBR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, managing editor of DNBR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we preview game two of the Colorado Rockies against the Houston Astros with a particular look at the pitching matchup Antonio Senzatella versus Framber Valdez. Should be a really, really fun one. But the big topic of the day is going to be a fun one that's near and dear to both of our hearts and really should be to to any baseball fans' hearts out there. And that is Major League Baseball's Field of Dreams game that is uh, coming up. It's been, gosh, in the works for quite some time. And it feels like finally uh, we're going to get this thing and it's going to be super Super cool, and we're going to show you some pictures, get into some of the, the fun details about all of that. And uh, Patrick, it just, you know, we were, we were talking about international baseball in the last one. We got Field of Dreams baseball here. The Rockies remain dominant at home. They've been less terrible on the road, and it just feels like a, a pretty fun time to be flipping on the tube every day and watching some baseball. It truly does. The, this team has been incredibly exciting not just because they're really, you know, underdogs, right? And they've been counted out and there's all these, you know, narratives around the team about uh, what's going on in the future and uh, they suck, right? Like that, that summarizes a lot of sure. <laughs> when the Rockies aren't winning, it's their motto becomes quote, they suck. And depending on who's saying it, factors into what your reaction is going to be, how you feel about that comment. And it's okay, fine. They suck. But now I can enjoy them for a completely different reasons because you said they suck. And guess what? They won four in a row. They won, you know, five of their last six uh, from, from the homestand. They're playing so much better on the road. Every road series they've improved upon and and even taking four wins uh, in those 10 games uh, the previous road trip is, is really good. <laughs> it's actually really good to go four and yeah. six there. Um, it would be curious to go back and actually look to see how often they've played that well in an entirely California road trip or even, even in six and seven game series, right? Yeah. It's pretty rare. So uh, what they're, what they're going to be able to do in, in Houston and San Francisco on this, you know, short little six game 
road trip before coming back to San Diego and Diamondbacks. It's it's fun. It's it's all just kind of icing on a cake. And yes, it's not the big six tier wedding cake of <laughs> won the World Series. We right. did it, and we can all celebrate with family and your grandparents. They thought you'd never see it. This, that, and the other. It's not that, but look. It's it's our cake, it's your cake, and there's some icing on it, and it's been pretty nice. Yeah, and you know, before we get into the pitching, uh, again, it's like when you you watch and get back out there right now, you're excited to see Brennan Rogers and Sam Hilliard and Elias Diaz, and and before you ever get to like Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, even like Ryan Altapia, who's basically shown that he is what we we thought, right? We're learning about the guys that we're learning about have been much more fun. Connor Joe. You know, what, how long does all of that continue to go? So, uh, you know, I think if I'd have told people at the beginning of the season that Brendan Rodgers was going to be substantially far and away the more valuable player than Cody Bellinger, I would have been laughed out of the room. And fair enough. It would have been an absurd prediction to make before the season started. But here we are. In August, Brendan Rodgers has been far and away a more valuable offensive player than Cody Bellinger. It's a funny game. It's a funny game we play. But we don't, we don't play. We talk about it. And that's why they play the games because it's yeah. it's always so unexpected. And it's 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 wonderful. It's it's exciting. And in Wednesday's matchup, Antonio Senzatella, Framber Valdez. Now, neither of these guys have really – Framber Valdez is uh, – couple starts i think against the rockies here but mm-hmm. i was a little bit surprised to learn that antonio senzatella uh has all of 12 plate appearances against him by astros players yeah maybe more surprisingly that of the four guys who have hit against him three times each none of them have gotten on base they are all over three how about so- that that's that's amazing, right? And I, I think that mostly stems from his dominant game the last right. time he faced these guys. So there's a few people who, who, you know, the team has changed up. They aren't there anymore. But if you'll recall, and, and it's been a while, I'm, I'm glad we can take this as an opportunity to do a little dissection of where Antonio Sensatella has come since then, what he's done, because it was uh, in, in uh, look, yeah, it was in August, August 18th of the 2020, the shortened 2020 season. And do not forget that Antonio Sensatella was the Colorado Rockies' best pitcher in 2020. It really looked like he was coming on, and, and he's fallen back to being comfortably their, their fifth guy, though he's been about league average. Um, but this was the crowning achievement of that year where he faced off against Zach Granke, went eight innings, only gave up three hits, no runs, didn't walk anybody. Six strikeouts, uh, one of the best outings of his entire career. I think he had one earlier in this season that may have bested it just a little bit, but uh, and that's just by the numbers. You consider the the level of competition, all that stuff. It was a great outing for Sensatella. It's really too bad he hasn't been able to continue to build. He's had some health issues this year, but it reminds you of what he can do at his best for the fifth guy in your rotation. That's pretty exciting to get to watch him go back out there and see if he can reproduce this magic. And those four guys that did face him last August are all the, all the notable names you're going to see on, on Wednesday afternoon. It's, it's right. Altuve, Michael Brantley, both all-stars, Kyle Tucker, who's on that precipice of, of becoming an all-star and Martin Maldonado. So yeah, that was just such a almost career-making performance, and you could just see Sensatella just pounding his fist when he was coming off the mound in that game. Just zero-zero. It seemed like no one would score. You know, Houston did get the better of the Rockies in, in extras, winning two-one yeah. there. But that was that was one of the bigger games to take away and remember from that 2020 season. That was just it was very strange. You know, there that. Those 60 games, I'm sure there were or would have been those moments that we remembered more. But again, without the fans, without that reaction, it was it was just just something that was in a bubble. You know, it was just yeah. something that was in a vacuum. And yeah. 
was very odd and it it's was hard to focus in on that when so many people were just focusing on surviving right it wasn't about thriving and living your best life and watching all the games and being critical of this that and the other yeah sure it's escape i think for some people but at the end of the day you're trying to survive not thrive and that being said that that sends a telegame from august 18th of last year was one of the biggest takeaways if if not maybe my only takeaway from the 2020 season right it, it totally right uh, how about this for Senzatella? His first two years in the bigs, uh, he'd gone back and forth between the rotation, and the bullpen. He'd basically been the Rockies swingman in 17 and 18, as you will all recall, years they went to the postseason. His raw ERA was in the mid fours and didn't look great, didn't have anybody excited. But his ERA plus was 108 both years. That's very, very solid, especially for a rookie. And if you'll remember in 2017, he started in the rotation. He was actually the first player in the National League just ahead of Clayton Kershaw to get to 10 wins. If you're Again, the win stat is what it is, but he got off to a great start, cooled off, and he's in the bullpen, sent back and forth to AAA a couple of times at 108, 108. The one really bad year on his resume uh, is 2019, which, you know, welcome to the 2019 Colorado Rockies. Everyone was crap that year. <laughs> uh, it just it just ran completely away from him. He put up an, uh, an awful ERA plus of 76, raw ERA of 671 and 124 innings pitched. Really his first time trying to convert him full, full-time into a starter as the Rockies were dealing with more injuries and a, a really down season, as, as you'll recall from Kyle Freeland and all of that. Then, as we just mentioned, his 2020 campaign – only pitches 73 innings, but to an ERA plus of 151. That's eye-poppingly amazing. Uh, for reference, Armand Marquez has basically been a 130 guy these last couple of years. So 151 is is a pretty ridiculous pace, and you expect that to taper off a little bit. He's fallen back, like as I said this year, to an exactly 100 ERA plus and 99 innings pitched so far, giving him for his career – exactly a 100 ERA plus uh, he, he's been, uh, but as we talked about on the, on the last episode, Jake Odorizzi and what a quality consistent career he's made out of being basically a 103 guy. Uh, you know, so Sensatella is, is getting into that neighborhood. I still think there's more there to see out of him. I, I hope he can finish this season strong. He's still, 26 years old, going to be 27 for next year. So you, you still like the potential there. But um, at the very least, I think we've seen what this guy's floor is. And if this is your fifth rotation starter moving forward, that's a very, very good floor to have. He's not frustrating, right? And I think I think the guys who are frustrating are the ones where you know they've got this huge upside and potential. And while you're right, we, we want to see more of Sensatella's best it's not so much where like, whoa, it, it could be this huge game changer where if, you know, he's got two more years after this season. So it's crazy to think that turning the calendar to 2022, you go, he's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. He made $3 million in uh, arbitration this year. So you wouldn't like to think that he's going to become pricey for the Rockies, but I could see the Rockies feeling that he could become pricey uh i don't think he's going to have enough of a downturn here in the final couple weeks to say oh he's going to be a a non-tender candidate i I think he's far from that but you know could they entertain some offers on him potentially again if they think that teams are a little bit more interested because again there's a lot of value in having that consistency out of your number four starter let's say or or number number five starter maybe on a, on a winning club whatever it may be and then the rockies can turn around and say hey that's fine we got lambert we got ralston we've got some other guys or we're going to swing another trade somewhere else and we're going to pick up somebody who's just completely undervalued we could see what happens with that and again not trying to put anything out there in the world that's going to make anyone sad or upset going, no, I love Antonio Sensatella. Don't get rid of him. But the reality of baseball is sometimes there are, uh, you know, certain circumstances that come together and you go, Hey, maybe the time is right. Or the time isn't right. And we maybe need to move on. We'll kind of see what happens this season. Potentially, you know, if, if he does have a solid enough, uh, second half, I mean, here, shoot, 
we're, we're just down to the final seven weeks. You know, maybe, maybe the Rockies even do come to an extension with him. You know, we've been, we've been saying, saying it for, for a little yeah, while him and Freeland. And again, and that, that also is going to keep the, the, his cost down just a little bit right. for a little bit for um, that year 29 and the year 30 season. So could be kind of a win-win where the Rockies do save some money and then they, they don't have to worry about maybe his salary getting a little bit more bloated in salary arbitration while also giving them some additional years on the back end. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if they're going to do what they're now publicly saying they're doing, which is try to compete right away and build around this starting pitching staff, I think they've got to go all in on that. And I think extending those two guys and and committing there would be the the smart thing to do, especially the more likely because, option too. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and especially now we'll see how, like you said, these final seven weeks go, neither Freeland nor Senzatella has earned a monster contract at this point, but they have shown you they've got value, decent value. So I think you can lock those guys up. You know, before, like I said, he's got an ERA plus of his career for 100. That's valuable, but it's not Herman Marquez, John Gray contract money, right? Uh, and, and Freeland is kind of toiling in that same area with some more extremes as we've seen. But uh, yeah, if you can lock those guys up and then and then you really can go out to any free agents you're trying to sign, whoever you're trying to talk about and your fans. And this is where the Rockies have to do an absolute better job than they've ever done in their history of selling this is that your star player moving forward isn't going to be the shortstop or the third baseman or the right fielder or the first baseman. Your star player of the future isn't a guy even. It's your rotation. You have to sell that group kind of the way they sold the Blake Street Bombers, right? That these guys are your star player. If you lock up Gray Freeland and Senzatella all in one offseason with Marquez and Gomber, still already there on pretty long-term deals, you've sent the very clear signal. This is who we are. This is what we believe in. This is what we're building around. If it works or it doesn't, if that's what you're doing, go all in. You know, um, Even if that means that some of those guys end up getting converted. I've always said I like Sensatella potentially as a future setup guy or closer if you just let him go all out with his stuff. He doesn't strike out a ton of dudes as a starter, but I think if you just let him fly and, and not have to strategically – decide when to throw his breaking stuff, but just whenever he wants to get a swing and miss, you could end up with a, a different kind of pitcher. But uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they go with these guys. And a lot of it will depend. Like they're they're playing for their contracts too. Like these final seven weeks for those two pitchers are going to be very, very important uh, if they want to get the money that they want to get. Excited to watch Sensatella though. All right. Also excited to watch Sensatella while drinking some Breck brews. You know, we love our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. They make fantastic beer. They make fantastic seltzer. They have converted me to being a seltzy guy. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I am now a very, very big fan of especially the peach and apple seltzers that they make. Seltzy like, supporter. Huge. You're a seltzy I'm, supporter. Seltzy supporter. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, I especially like what I'm a big fan of is that they give you 15 can samplers. None of this 12 can, 12 bottle variety stuff. You get 15 cans so you can try out all the delicious flavors, whether you're getting Breck brews or seltzers. You can find those 15 can samplers at your local King Supers, at your local liquor store. You can get Breck brew on draft down at the DNVR bar. I always do, <laughs> usually grabbing that. Hot Peak IPA or the Mountain Beach Sour, big fan of both of those. And you get a bigger one if you're a member of the DNVR family. Subscribe today at the DNVR.com. Get access to all the written content, discounts on hats and shirts, access to the Discord channel, a free shirt when you order the annual from the DNVR locker right now. And don't forget that we are hosting fantasy football parties down at the DNVR bar. You've got to communicate if you want to get in on this action. Get a couple of free pitchers of beer. Go to GM or email GM at the DNVRbar.com. It's GM at the DNVRbar.com. Let them know you want to come down, host your fantasy football party, hook you up with some free beers and a whole lot of fun. Do become a member of the family today. It, the, the fun never ends. We're, we're having a blast out here. Uh, even when the baseball team is. Not good. We were having a blast when they're playing fun. Also having a blast. 
getting ready for football. That's going to be a blast. Nuggets and abs just around the corner. Got rugby coming up at the end of this month. Big you might Sabbath be able to tournament. do your NBA and NHL draft. I'm sure with the success that, that we're going to have at the NFL draft going on at the DNVR bar, your, your fantasy league, it's going to open the door for a lot more of that stuff. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be able to, we, we got to do a fantasy baseball league. I know Liam hit me up about it like three or four days before this baseball season started. And I was like, Oh, I wish I'd have had this thought two or three weeks ago. We'll, we'll try to do a DMVR Rockies fantasy baseball league next year. I'm going to be a lot of fun. So, all right. What are we getting into now? Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Indeed. Indeed. The field of dreams, Patrick. I mean, it's just a magical phrase that uh, for, for any baseball fan, it doesn't have to be your favorite baseball movie. Um, I'm not even, you know, you don't have to pick one. It's it's always been one of mine. I certainly can't watch it without bawling my eyes out now as an adult. <laughs> just like, like as a kid, I just loved all the baseball stuff. And, you know, now with dad having moved on and everything, I, I can't hear the phrase, dad, do you want to have a catch without just losing it? <laughs> so it's like, um, but it's, it's a beautiful film. It's been a beautiful story for a long time. And it's a very beautiful thing that is happening with, with making it a reality and major league baseball doesn't always do beautiful things for the sake of, of the beauty. And now there, I mean, there's money to be made here as well. I'm not, <laughs> not naive, but I'm just so happy that this is happening, Patrick. It's wonderful that baseball is really beginning to start to think outside the box and think the brakes have been pumped a little bit because of the pandemic naturally. But we saw a few years ago, there was a game played in in North Carolina at at Fort Bragg. We know about the London series uh, that was able to occur in 2019. And of course they had to to cancel the, the one in 2020 and they didn't bring it back this year naturally. So Baseball is looking to try to have these these big events, and they've got it coming up later this month with the Little League Classic. Um, so that yeah. will still be going on with the Angels against Cleveland uh, at the end of the month of uh, at the end of Players Weekend in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And so this is an extension of that. Something that you know baseball had been planning even before 2015 when they finally set out to kind of survey the land and, and figure out where they wanted to put the field. And you're right. The movie is, is, is epic. And, and I mean, I think even a couple years ago, it was placed amongst like the archives of greatest, you know, just films in general. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was given this uh, special protection because of what it means just to, you know, American culture where you've got farmers and, and hippies coming together and you've got yeah. the game of baseball and there's just, just so much uh, that that goes into the movie besides just seeing some ghosts come out of the cornfields and, Oh, that's a cool concept. Also, if you hear about it through, you know, secondhand, maybe it sounds hokey, read the book. Uh, that's the thing that I would suggest. Yeah. It might help illuminate some things. There's some differences between, uh, the book and the the film, uh, the book by W.P. Kinsella is, is called Shoeless Joe. And when they were making the film, they, they had a working title and they were ultimately going to decide, okay, I guess we're going to use, we might use Field of, of Dreams. It's, it's kind of strange. It, it's not really about Shoeless Joe. You know, you build it, he will come. We think that's who the person that's coming back when it really is you know, Ray Kinsella's father, right? Kevin Costner's father uh, in the end. But when they, uh, the producers contacted W.P. Kinsella, the author, he said, well, my second title that I was going to call it, the working title at that time before it was called Shoeless Joe was Field of Dreams. So it was just this perfect thing that just kind of all got tied together. And they've got a very... Uh, amazing event planned for it later on this week in Dyersville, Iowa for the first game, first MLB game ever in the state of Iowa. Yeah. Which is great because again, and there are so many classic lines from the movie and, and one of the best is of course the recurring question of, uh, you know, they, they ask him in the, at the very beginning, 
when uh, Shoeless Joe first shows up and uh, they have very little conversation and, and can, Ray Kinsella just pitches to him and watches him hit these monster home runs and very little interactions. And he's running back out into the, the corn and he turns around and he says, hey, is this heaven? And yells back across the baseball field, no, it's Iowa. And then later in the film, that is repeated with much more. It's 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 played as a joke the first time, and then the second time around, it's it hits you on a much deeper level. And so that 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 line now gets to to come into reality, right? Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa for them to play. That it's like, oh man, there's just so many levels on which that's super cool because baseball especially back in the old days and, you know, during the pandemic, we went back and watched all those Ken Burns documentaries. Right. And it really was that all of the people from these places, from Iowa, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Colorado, the sort of middle America place would have to go to the East coast and become the ball player and see if you could make it out there because the, the teams didn't exist, but baseball came from those places to the cities, people like Mickey Mantle, coming from the small town, going to the big city, such this romantic thing. And that that movie kind of brought it back, brought some of the greatest ballplayers who'd ever lived and took them away from the big city, the bright lights, the huge moments, the money, the newspapers, and put them on this cornfield with some bleachers because that's where they all, almost all of them started. Not that there aren't great ballplayers from New York City. Of course, there's plenty of LA, whatever. But you know what I mean? It's just like... It's such a symmetrical perfection and that this is going to happen now. And I'm sure someone will deliver the line, you know, if not, they've messed up. If someone doesn't do the, is this heaven back and forth, they've messed up somewhere. So someone, someone needs to do that. Yeah. All of the pregame festivities is really why you want to make sure you're watching this game on, mm-hmm. on Friday Yankees. White Sox, it's all going to be about the pomp and circumstance before that. And, yeah, maybe some baseballs will go into the cornfields. There'll definitely be a lot of that during batting practice. And, you know, you'll get to walk around the the stadium to kind of get a feel of what the bleachers look like. It'll still have that old-timey vibe. So the stadium that they've got erected there, it's it's incredibly close to the actual house and the field uh, that was used for the filming. So it's like within walking distance. In fact, we have a, a picture that we can share yeah. again. If you're on, if you're watching the podcast, make sure you are uh, going to our YouTube page to watch this, but you can kind of see there's a path there along the left-hand side. And, and that path goes all the way down to the actual house um, that they, they filmed field of dreams. There's even a maze, which you can make out. It's the NLB logo. So that's a fun little detail. And and it looks like it might be a somewhat substantial ballpark. It's, it's not really, I think there's only going to be about 2000 people that are there. Uh, Again, you you can't sit in the outfield anywhere. It's it's the cornfields. The bullpens are in straightaway center field. In fact, when they were, you know, orchestrating all of this, they wanted the stadium to be modeled after the original Comiskey park, which, you know, Chicago is obviously the nearest city to Dyersville, Illinois, and, and even Des Moines, if you want to use that as a, as a jumping off point, the capital of Iowa. They wanted it to have that vibe, and it's also very fitting that they would do that when, again, part of the whole story of Field of Dreams and the, the novel Shoeless Joe is about the 1919 Black Sox, which... Chicago White White Sox, right? Black Sox was just a a nickname given to them by the reporters at that time. So they've got it just just set up incredibly well. Uh, There's about eight light towers there, 20 rows of box seats. So even if you're in the last row, you're in the 20th row, which even at at Coors Field, you're like, oh, that's kind of a premium seat uh, if you're behind home plate, right? They only have a couple. uh, They have a pair of, of press decks. So you know, that's a hot ticket, even for media, like to be able to go to this game, not everyone can. And I like that. And I know you'll love this Drew too, is that for a premier event like this, that's again, it's never, never happened before, 
but we know it's it's premier. It's something incredibly special that we're talking about days before it even happens. Is that twenty five percent of the tickets for this event were actually earmarked for Iowa residents? Like everyone in the state of Iowa got to enter into the, into this lottery to get these tickets. And even right now, if you wanted to like scalp tickets, right, and and, and use one yeah. of those secondary websites, the cheapest seat to get in. Do you have a guess? Take, take a guess, Drew. How much do you think would the cheapest seat be? I'll say fifteen hundred dollars. All right, it's a good guess. It's a thousand right now. Okay, but that very well could could go up. Right? Yeah. In fact, I think I only looked at one seat. But if you're buying a pair of seats, you you may have to spend a lot more than that. There's not a there's not going to be a bad seat in the house. We know that no. just to be there is to to be amongst. The, the the chosen few, right? Yeah, right. To have that, and hopefully they this is an event they can continue to do uh, for years and years to come. Uh, a lot of the the facility, a lot of the seats will be put in storage, uh, and then you know brought back out whenever they need it for different events. They are really trying to kind of keep this uh, as as something special. Have a lot of travel tournaments, things of that nature. MLB, you know, invested a lot of money in this, not just for a once a year thing. I, they, they really want baseball to grow and to grow for middle America and to make this be a, a wonderful place, a wonderful pilgrimage for fathers and sons and daughters and mothers to go out to and, you know, just kind of relive and, and simplify things down to just a game of catch. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, again, after seeing that, Photo missed out. We need the overhead shot of all the cars coming in, or you've messed up. <laughs> Again, we need that. that they won't shot. get that shot. They, I don't think they actually will be able to. You know that in the film. You know that in the film, they didn't yeah. actually get that shot. Right, right. That's, so the plan was they had all these walkie-talkies, and hey, you want to be in this movie? Yeah, drive your car up. Yeah. Well, it, it was a traffic jam. They they couldn't go anywhere. They, they were all go, sitting yeah. there. They're just so, sitting. They improvised, and with the heli- helicopter shot, they said, all right, when we give you the cue, flick your lights on and off. Yeah. And <laughs> if you go and look you, and you really watch that final scene carefully, you can like barely detect it, but it's amazing just how light travels. Right. And it looks like cars driving. but Or moving, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. But it's, I'm it's sure that, that's another one of those things that they're going to try to capture too. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, there's that – that party that goes, it's kind of too bad that it's such an exclusive thing that probably only people with a lot of money are going to be able to make this happen. But at the same time, that's the only way, like there was no getting around that. The whole allure, the the whole point is, is that you're not playing in a 30,000 or 50,000 person stadium. That's the whole point is to go and play in front of a much smaller, much more intimate crowd and in an intimate setting. So there's just no way of of getting around to the exclusivity of it. Um, and, and hopefully, yeah, over the years, they can figure out a way that, that <laughs> to, to put it as simply as possible, that normal people can go and, and experience this um, more regularly. And the best way to, to make that happen will be, like you said, to make it a regular thing uh, will, will be. And, and so I, I very much hope that it becomes. One. And much like for people who happen to travel to Colorado and, you know, during the off season, or, or you happen to be there in Denver on an off day, you know, there's still tours of Coors Field that you can go on. You can still walk around. You can still have that experience. And right. the same is true for this because if, if you happen to go to Dyersville, a town of, you know, a little over 4,000 people, another reason why you can't have this be this huge event, right? The town can't necessarily support it, but you can go and, and you can just, you can touch it. You can walk on the field. You can have that game of, of catch with your, your mother, father, stepfather, stepmother, grandparent, whoever it is, they still want people to go and, and be able to enjoy it and appreciate it. So even if you can't be there for that day and that event, you can still have your own memories and, and take a piece of it back home with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cool. So very cool. I have a few more thoughts on some of the fun things going along with this game, but also have a few thoughts on our friend's over at Ball, Patrick, very excited to have them as a sponsor, uh, not just because I, like everybody else, you know, have aluminum cans, <laughs> I have them, I use them, I use aluminum cans, I recycle my aluminum cans, like almost all of you out there, you got growlers, 
We got jars. I've even got a ton of glassware that I didn't even know was from Ball Corporation. They do such a fantastic job. That's one of the many reasons why they were just awarded the naming rights for where the Nuggets and Avs play. Where do the Nuggets and Avs play? Wyatt Ball Arena. And you can be a part of this huge, awesome member of our community, too, as they're looking for some people to join them down at their plant in Golden. It's a 400-person plant they got. They're doing all kinds of fantastic stuff with sustainable aluminum beverage cans, growlers, uh, the, the material. And, and of course, as, as all of you probably know at this point, but it's really important to point out, they're just fantastic stewards of the community, whether that's the environment and all of their extraordinary ratings when it comes to uh, sustainability and uh, you know watchdog programs who've uh, taken a look at that or the watchdogs that have taken a look at uh, how they treat their employees, who they're hiring, who gets advancement. Are they following all of the fair practices? And the answer is yes. There really probably couldn't be uh, a better place to work for anybody out there right now than Ball Corporation. Or a better, a better place to commute to. Like yeah. think about when you drive into Golden and the views you get, it's like, oh, wow, I, I work here at this tourist destination. You know, it's I, I'm not going to put it akin to working at Disney World because I don't think there's necessarily as much to see. But you and I know from living in Boulder, like there's literally on 36 going from Denver to Boulder, there's a scenic overview. And like how many people live by a scenic overview? It's you know, a lot of these, a lot of these places do exist in, in Colorado. We know depending on where you live, but to be there at the, at the ball plant uh, in golden, like you're, you're going to have those views as well. And, oh, that that's a great place to drive in and out of every day. That's a great point. I, yeah. I'd forgotten about that element. I was just thinking about the good pay and being treated well and having all these opportunities for advancement, but you're right. It's absolutely a gorgeous place to work. There's really not a downside. If you think you might have some interest in, in any kind of job down there, text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get links to a bunch of open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. It's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Also got to remind you about our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia are the protectors of the realm. They're absolutely fantastic. They can take what can be a very stressful situation trying to navigate the housing markets of the Denver area and make it far, far less stressful for you. Get in touch with them. You can actually even get a free consultation. There's no obligation up front here. Go to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free shirt or hat. So that's pretty cool. Might get some free stuff out of it. You get a free consultation. You do get one free stuff. That's your free consultation at dnvrmortgage.com. And, you know, after that, I can just tell you, Mike and Virginia know their stuff. They know their sports. They're super laid back folks who, who are going to take care of you. And uh, they've been a longtime supporter of DNVR. So if you need any help navigating this market, supporting them is supporting us. Again, go to dnvrmortgage.com to enter to win that free shirt or hat and get set up with free consultation. Or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or Mike at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, Patrick, like with any big events, especially in this country, there's one question that as they roll in on the red carpet, we've all got on our minds. And that is, what are you what wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? And where can I buy it? Where Where is the store? But for real. So, okay. <laughs> Apparently someone out there does know how to make super dope jerseys for special events in Major League Baseball. Apparently, there's not a pandemic of awful graphic design just going around, as I had previously assumed. <laughs> yeah, no, MLB, MLB got it right with the throwbacks. And this one was a little easier because I'm sure you yeah. know, they already had the same general concept. Uh, as I think... Last year, when the, the game was supposed to go down, it was going to be White Sox and Cardinals, if I remember correctly. So you have two historic teams again. Hey, let's do a throwback. And it's, it's all, I found it also kind of fitting that, again, the White Sox are, are in this game, obviously, because of how close they are. 
to Iowa, but the White Sox were actually the first team to ever have a throwback. In, in 1990 was the first year. Yeah, so the White Sox did a little turn back the clock night, the, the first official one of that. And so they get credit for that. And the White Sox were also the first team to ever have names on the backs of their jerseys, which we're not going to see here because that wasn't uh, until 1960 that that, you know, officially became a thing. Obviously, it was just the numbers on the back, something that the Yankees still continue to do uh, to this day. So, yeah, so I I think that was pretty neat. but yeah, was it because they were afraid people wouldn't know who any of their players were? Was it in a season when they were like especially terrible and they were like, we're going to put some names on the back of these jerseys? Uh, yeah, honestly, it was. They're, you know, the vendors. I mean, that's why you sell a, a program. Like, I don't know who these guys are. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Here's some paperwork on, you know, who they are. And, and now, obviously, information travels, you know, a lot, lot quicker. But I can remember as a kid when I would go to games and try to get baseballs from players or autographs. I had my program with me and I'd flip through and go, Hudler, Rex Hudler. And then boom, yeah. get a ball up immediately because totally. I did my homework. Like, oh, this kid knows who I am. I'm like, no, I just have oh. my resources really well. <laughs> That's fantastic. But I find it interesting that the 1919 Black Sox, they didn't – well, the, the Yankees at that time too didn't have numbers. 1929 was the first year that teams officially wore numbers. Now, I always thought it was the Yankees, but in my research for this, it was actually Cleveland. I think the Yankees were going to be the first, and there was a rainout, and so Cleveland beat them by a day <laughs> in 1929. But uh, and teams had had tinkered with it, you know, on occasions and stuff, and did you know like numbers on the sleeves and things of that nature. So really, if you want to go all the way old school, there would be no numbers, no numbers, on the no back, names, and there would probably be wool uniforms. Oh, it would not be. They should have made these guys wear wool and given them those old like leather. It's just the size of your hand gloves. Almost like, driving gloves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lamborghini driving gloves. And for and they should have made, you know, Craig Kimbrell here forced <laughs> to, to, to pitch with one of these leather gloves. Here we are for those of you watching on YouTube. You can see White Sox legend Craig Kimbrell. Oh, wait, right. no, that's sorry. He's been around for all of a minute. Uh, but you got the striped cap with, again, no logo on it other than New Era on the side. And I imagine the MLB logo on the back. You've got the uh, the SOX with the O in the top half of the S and the X in the bottom half of the X. And, yes, you do have the Nike swoosh on there. But yeah. it does have that off-white, old-timey kind of feel, which, you know, is is a perfect for the fact that it's, again, the, the White Sox – Charlie Comiskey, the owner, was just so cheap that he would charge players to do to have laundry done laundry. for them. Yeah. So the players didn't even bother washing their their clothes. So they went from being clean and white to dirty and and black. So they they were the black socks there, uh, um, and then it's one of the reasons why they needed to make some uh, cash yeah. on the side there in the nineteen nineteen <laughs> World Series. A little extra, little extra cash flow. Yeah, um, love the hat here. Love, love, yeah. love the way that I, I really do love this look. You're right. The uh, the one thing that is a dead giveaway for the fact that this is not really an, an old uniform is the the Nike swoosh. It's <laughs> just pretty prevalent and obvious sort of gives it that. But, you know, we understand sponsorship and they pay for things. And so you you give them back what they need in the deal as well. But, yeah, love the, the Sox logo the old school socks logo with the o and the x in the top space and bottom space of the s has always been super clean super awesome look um the pinstripes the just off-white uh about this is just everything that yeah screams old school if he was wearing one of those old-timey gloves and didn't have the swoosh you could think oh yeah, yeah this guy played in the this guy played in the teens or the 20s for sure and they got the little bit of the piping around the the bottom of the sleeve, the little black. That's a little more. Yeah. A little more modern. What but about I, the Yankees uniforms? What's your take on these? It's um, the, the NY interlocking NY is a little chunkier on the hat. Same thing with the numbers on the back. So it's slightly, it's stylized slightly different again, to be a little bit more historically accurate for the Yankees at that time. So they're again, not as sleek. It's, it's chunkier, right? It's just a little bit thicker all around. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think again, that's what I like about it. Is it, it's it feels old school. Um, well, and when we know the Yankees have, have only done so much, you know, they've kept a lot, a lot of their old school feel about their look anyway. Uh, not a whole lot of six, eight guys playing back in the twenties, but we'll forgive them for that. <laughs> it's not his fault, but, uh, yeah, I, I love the way the logo looks here. I love how clean, uh, the pinstripes are, uh, again, the swoosh kind of stands out in, in my mind like a sore thumb because if it wasn't there you could look at this and go oh yeah that is he's you could step onto a movie set right wearing that and and you go oh yeah, yeah yeah this looks like the old the old yankees man and it's it's cool like timeless one yeah. of the things that had that baseball really really has going for it that a lot of the other sports don't um is this long history and when that whenever they get to tap into that and really reach back and tie those things together and have some of these modern stars donning the, the logos and, and colors and, and stylings of uh, those of years past. It's just so cool. So I'm glad that they leaned hard into that. They didn't do something silly or stupid or ugly like they've done lately with whether it's the all-star game uniforms or, you know, even some of the, the, the players days that have been like, Okay, you know they could have messed this up. We know they could have done a much worse job here. That they just leaned into the right sentiments. Good stuff. Keep it it should be a, uh, an aesthetically pleasing baseball game to watch. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happens, the outcome is is kind of irrelevant. It's, it's celebrating field of dreams, celebrating the the history of the game, good and bad, because we know there's a lot of bad there uh, that went down in in 1919. There. Baseball was segregated at that time too, so that's certainly something yeah. that that shouldn't be forgotten. And and then in fact, that's even something that's uh, kind of gone into a little bit in in the novel and in, in Shoeless Joe, which which yeah. was an aspect I would have loved to have seen uh, in in the film itself. But it it's gonna it's must see TV. You definitely have to make sure you're you're there to watch the pregame stuff, and that'll be that's gonna be a big buzz. I, I look forward to talking about that again next week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Last question I have for you on this general topic is what do you think, uh, just, just as a, as a guess, like what, what percentage of players do you think are super excited about this? And what percentage of players do you think are mildly annoyed by the pomp and circumstance, having to go to a weird spot, maybe breaking up the schedule, these things going on, maybe, I don't know, maybe a guy's got like a hit streak going. He's like, I don't know, you know, what? Like, do you think there's any of that going on or do you think there's been full embracing of, of the thing? Because publicly, everyone's talking very positively. You don't, no one's going to come out and say, I don't want to do this. But uh, what do you think? Some of that? I honestly think they're, they're probably a lot more okay with it than we realize, I would guess. I, I think within each person, because I know I'm like that where, oh, I've got this thing to do over here. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But I also know, oh, it, it comes with the territory. You got to do it. it. There's still this element of fun to it. So there's there's pros and cons with everything. So you you know if you got to do it, you want to focus more on the positives. So we know those negatives exist with habits and routines. But the way these you know players are kind of treated, I think they're even flying – flying into Dyersville, which I'm not yeah, so. at an, an airport. So that's kind of an interesting experience. I think you just say, look, I'm, I'm a professional athlete and you got to do different things and put the hats on, whatever it is, as long as you pay me, it's fine. And at the end of the day, wow, this is a really cool and special thing. And so I think, I think they have the ability to push that because they know there's no getting around it. Yeah. I like, mean, you got to play the game. <laughs> if you're healthy and, 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 you know, if you're a starting pitcher, if, if you're, you know, uh, Jonathan Loizaga, who pitches the day before, you're like, well, I'm not going to get in this game at all. I know I have to go. I, there's no excuse I can get out of it. Oh, I forgot I got that dental appointment, so I can't <laughs> go to Iowa. I'm going to stay in Chicago for the get day. Back. <laughs> it's, it's just part of your job. So I, I yep. think guys are able to compartmentalize. I think that's a good way of, of looking at it. And at the end of the day, there are those moments where you look back and you go, well, I'm glad I did that. Or I'm, I'm glad I was able to be a part of that. And I, I think the older veteran players, the more that they can impart that on the young guys and that realization like, okay, yeah, this is a little bit of a headache. Our wake up time is here. We got to go over there, but you know what? This is special because at a certain point it's all gone. It's all over. We don't get this opportunity ever again. And you know what? 
let's let's really enjoy the moment. Let's smell the roses. Let's yeah. smell the cornfield. Just smell that cornfield. Smell the cornstarch. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. Obviously, we'll be watching the Rockies all along with that for the rest of the week as well. Out there on this road trip, trying to see if they can take any of that home magic out there with them. Um, we'll see. Tough task. Two first place teams. Uh, it, if they can start to prove some stuff here, though, it, it'll get interesting. We'll we'll start having even you know deeper conversations about what do the Rockies really have moving forward if they finish this season playing well on the road and not losing ground at home. So stick with us for all of that for our reactions to the uh, Field of Dreams game. Obviously, once it's been played, maybe though I got to check on the exact timing of it. That might be something that I think we can you know, watch along with in our discord channel and uh, talk about, it. I think there's a way to even open up like an audio channel in discord. So we can all just kind of be having a, a voice chat with each other while watching the game. I think that would be a lot of fun. So again, as for members, you got to be a member. If you want to come hang out with us in the discord channel and do things like watch got people watching the UFC fight together in the discord the other night who couldn't make it down to the bar for that. Uh, you know, especially for those of you that are out of town, folks, the discord is really, really great for making sure you can feel like a part of the community and, and be involved in the conversation with us. So make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. So you get all that stuff. Uh, you're following on social media, of course, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. And you're just being great baseball fans out there, whether you're watching the Olympics, Field of Dreams game, Colorado Rockies checking around on all the other baseballs. We're going to have some pretty fun races in the National League and American League pennants down the stretch, and we'll have more thoughts on that throughout the final couple of weeks here too. But until then, we appreciate you all for being absolutely awesome out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. As always, we hope that show put a big old smile on your face. And you know our smiles are brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in Lakewood. They're the best damn family dentist in the Denver metro area. If you need any kind of dental work done, you want to get it done with some people that'll treat you like family, that'll make the experience as positive as it absolutely can be. You know all about the sports world here in Denver. Know about your DNVR community membership as they've been a member of the DNVR community for quite some time. So again, you know if you need any kind of dental work done, you've got to get in contact with our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam today. Don't hesitate. Don't delay. Time to get that tooth work you've been putting off for a little while done. And you got to get it done with our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group.